Good evening to those who are in social media and social media, our social media family. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. It is a blessing to come to you every week with our word, a word from the Lord. And we thank you for listening to us. We encourage you to invite your friends and your family to listen to you, enjoy the message. And we just come to be a blessing to you. Um, we are just going to finish up. Um, this is going to be the last message on Thursday night. Just going to make a do a quick recap. When we first started week one, we talked about Thursday. We talked about this woman and we asked the question. Um, if Jesus told her what you really was, what, really, what your thirst really was, would you listen to him? Would you obey him? Because this, we know this woman, uh, she was thinking on a physical level. But Jesus was talking about her spiritual service. She came to the well with the water, getting water to get some water. And Jesus was there and said, hey, if you were to ask me for what I will give you living water. And so she was focused on the physical water. But Jesus was talking about. So sometimes we are looking for physical things to meet our spiritual needs. And so Jesus dealt with that. The second week, we talked about, are you hearing from God or are you getting your word from secondhand information, secondhand people, which means that, hey, are you seeking God about the things, the third thing that you're thirsty about, the things that, that, that you need to hear God, are you Based on second information, we, we dealt with the scripture with Job in chapter 42, where Job was listening to his friends about his situation. Okay. And he wasn't going to God, he was going to other people. And we did make statements, nothing wrong because God can speak to other people. But at the end of the day, you need to go to the Lord for yourself and hear from him. And last week we talked about, we talked about are you using your religious religion to hide behind um your hide behind the things that you are the sins rather than the sins that you are doing and are you using your religion to hide behind that because the woman was when jesus told her to go get her husband and she said i have no husband and then we know through the scripture she was living with somebody she wasn't married with and Jesus was basically telling her that was wrong. But she was, she tried to avoid that by talking about, you know, well, you know, Jacob and the well. And so she had some knowledge of God, but she only had religion. She didn't have relationship because we dealt with it. It's, it's possible that religion can allow you to ignore your sins. But this is when, when you have in relationship, relationship won't allow you to ignore the sins that's in your life, the things that you, you need God to deal with. Okay. And so we dealt with that. So the question was, are you just religious or do are you do you have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, because a lot of times people are religious, they use religion to cover up their shortcomings and things and they don't want to deal with it. And religion will allow you to do that. But when you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, 
you know, when you allow yourself to become intimate and vulnerable to God, then God will, you know, he will, as you, he will deal with your situation and he begin to shed light on some things that you need to change. So but we're going to finish up tonight on part four, thirst. And we're going to read. So we're going to pick up here last week. Jesus reveals to this woman that he is the Messiah. We're going to start at verse 25 and I'm reading from a New Living Translation. It says, and the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. So. She's like, okay, I know she has some knowledge that the Messiah is coming. But Jesus says here in verse 26, Jesus said that I am the Messiah. So we're going to pick up at verse 27 here. And it says, then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to the woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? And the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone come see a man who told me everything I ever did could he possibly be the messiah so the people came streaming from the village to see him okay so we see here it's a, so the Samaritan woman finally gets it, okay? She finally gets after Jesus is trying to let her know you need, you're, what you're thirsty for is not physical. It is spiritual. You need this living world. You need to be saved. You need to be born again, okay? Jesus, she, but she doubts. She doubts herself a little bit, not caring about the same thing she cared about just a few moments before she met Jesus. She leaves her water jar and goes immediately to tell everyone about her conversation with him. So notice that the very thing she came with to get, she drops it and she leaves it. Because she's no longer focused on the physical water. She's focused on that this spiritual water that Jesus talked about that she's given and receiving. She says, hey, Jesus has told me, this man told me everything about myself. Okay, and she was excited. She believed she didn't, she didn't, she finally gets it. And she finally said, Hey, this man, the prophet, he has got to be the Messiah because he told me everything I need to know about myself. Okay. And so she she but she runs and tells the village that she was in, telling everybody about the conversation she had with Jesus. She has she, he has totally interrupted life as she knows it. And we know Jesus can do that. And her response is completely appropriate. Because when you meet Jesus, if you, I'm telling you, when you meet Jesus, your life will never be the same again. I heard Shirley, she said, she said, it's, it's, it's impossible to come in contact with Jesus and remain the same. You can't do it. You can't have an experience, a genuine experience with Jesus Christ and remain the same. Something is going to change in your life. And you see this woman, she was changed. She got born again and was excited and then wanted to tell everybody. In her excitement, even as she is working through the details of who Jesus is and what exactly that means to her, she shares 
a little bit she knows what the, what she does know with others. So she didn't know a whole lot. But what she knew, she shared with others. What little she got that day, she felt the need to go back and tell her village about Jesus, who he was and what he had done for her. And so this is this is awesome. This is awesome. She's 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 came looking for something physical to meet her need. But she not only she got her spiritual needs met, and when you get your spiritual needs met, that will not only that will deal with your physical. You would now know how to deal with your physical. Even if you're lacking the area, you know that God would, God is the only one that can fill that void that you need in life. Because we need to understand that everything in this world cannot fulfill you. You need to understand that. She, this woman, learned just what you was trying. Everything in this world will not fulfill your thirst. Because Jesus even said, I said before, Jesus said, life is more than food and drink. Okay? Life is more than food and drink. Life is more than just a bunch of stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, God is concerned about that. He's concerned about your financial well-being and your physical well-being. He And he made provision for all that when he died. But the most important thing, because we always talk about miracles, and thank God, God is still performing miracles. People are being healed, delivered, set free from things that the world considered as impossible. But the greatest miracle that you can ever receive is to be born again. That's the greatest miracle that can be performed in anybody's life. It's to be born again, to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So, Here's what the point I want to drive home tonight is that it is our job to introduce people to Jesus. I want you to know that it is our job as believers to introduce people to Jesus. It, it is it is our job. It is his job to save them now. So it's our job to introduce people to Jesus. It's his job to say we are responsible for telling others about Jesus. But we are not responsible for other people's reaction to what we have to say. So you're not controlling the response. And I, God had to deal with that area in my walk with God because I shared my faith. But when people wasn't responding like I thought they should, then I became frustrated. And sometimes we get say, I'll get mad with the person. But I had to learn I'm not responsible for their reaction, but I am responsible for presenting the gospel to them. I am responsible for that. Okay, that's all I'm about. So all we have to be is obedient and Jesus will, will take it from there. So all we know, God is asking for you to do, you and me, is to be obedient and share the gospel with people. And you can do that different ways. You can do it through a track. Um, you know, and I'm, that's not to say we need to, to, to tap everybody on the shoulder we see. Okay, but as the Spirit of God leads you, we can still do a track. You can talk to people, you know, you meet and stuff like that, share the Word of God with them. So there are different ways. Then allow the Spirit of God to lead you, not do it in a condemning or judging way, but allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and share the gospel with people. Because if you think about Jesus here, think about it. 
he was even willing to go in a uncomfortable situation. Okay, to share the gospel. Remember, you got to think, let's go back to the story. Now, the story was, this was a Samaritan woman. Jews had nothing to, no dealing with Samaritans. Okay, it, we even showed, the story even said that most Jews went around Samaria because they had, we don't want no dealing with them. Number two is that the woman didn't talk to men. She says, she asked Jesus, why are you even talking to me? Because you're not even supposed to, y'all have no dealing with us. Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And this was if you, in our in our day, this would be a a what you call racial discrimination. You know, racial discrimination. They had no dealing with them. They didn't want to talk to them. Look down on the Samaritans. But Jesus says, you know what? Regardless of what everybody else think, okay. Regardless what regardless of what society says, what the culture says, you know what? This person needs to be born again. So Jesus was willing to go against the grain, to go against the culture, okay, and to present the gospel to this person. And that's what God wants us to do. We have to go into places sometimes that culture says, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, why are you talking to them? Or, it's, or you know, things that you may have, you know, even third world countries, you have, God is sending people over there and you may be one of them God sends to go over to third world countries and share the gospel with people who needs to hear the word. But it's our responsibility. We need to introduce people to Jesus Christ. That is our job. And God, and I challenge you tonight to do that. You know, if you haven't been doing it, I challenge you tonight to do that, to share with, you know, start with your family, you know, coworkers, you know, things of that nature. And like I said, once again, there's many ways to share the word of God to people. There's no particular way. There's no one set way to do it. But ask God to lead you on how to do it and share the gospel. The most important thing is that we do it. You know, we do it. But like, once again, you're not, you don't, you can't control the response. But you are responsible for sharing. So I just want to lift up tonight uh, a few scriptures that, targets that that we are to share the gospel with people we are to share people out there we're talking about the title is thirst people out there are thirsty and in in this case like the samaritan woman they don't know what they're thirsty for they're not aware of that they're, they're trying to fulfill a a spiritual need with a physical need and they don't understand they don't really recognize they need jesus and so by us presenting the gospel to them, they can know, you know what? This is life is more than just food and drink. Life is more. And, and Jesus can meet your physical need as well as most important, your spiritual needs. But the most important thing we need is to be born again. So I want to look at Matthews chapter five, verses 13 and 14, reading it from the new, new limbs. I love the new limbs because it makes it so plain. But it says, and it's speaking to us here. Listen to what it says to us. It says, Jesus was talking. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is the salt if it lose its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. 
You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hit. So we are the salt of the earth. This is why you need to share it out because you are the salt of the earth. Now notice it says here, if the salt lose its flavor, can it be salt again? So what is this saying here? It says that we need to live what we're talking about. That's it. Because if if you're not living what you're preaching, then people you become as salt that's not good, that's loses its flavor. You've lost your flavor. It doesn't mean you're not saved, but you've lost your influence on people to influence them. But it says salt that has lost its flavor isn't good for them, but they trample the food. You're worthless. And God didn't call us to be worthless, but he called us to be fruitful. And we, we are called to be, to reproduce the things that we are in our life. We call, we want to reproduce. We want to reproduce what we are, what God says we are. And so, hey, and so it's also, it says we are, in this group, we are a light. Okay. It cannot be hidden. You light the world. So when a light, a light draws attention to itself. A light draws attention. A light, matter of fact, a light attracts things. You know, if you ever put a light on at night and see how all the insects are drawn to it, all the things are drawn to it, they're drawn to that light. So people should be drawn to you by the life that you live and the way that you live and the way your comments through your conversation, through your lifestyle. Now I hear somebody saying and they get religious and say, Well, you know what? You know, minister, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And we're not, once again, I always stress to people, we're not talking about perfection because as long as we live on this earth, you're going to be working on something. Okay. But we're talking about being consistent and being committed and begin, to, and the Bible talking, being transformed, you know, consecrated to the things of God, growing in this grace growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you grow, you become better and better and better at the things of God. Okay. So we're talking about that. So understand you, we are saw the earth and we are the light of the world. The next scripture I want to do is Matthews chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And here's what it says. It says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. And Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we see here, and his disciples, he, Jesus has already been crucified, died and been rose, and he's, this is this is the final day with his disciples. But he tells them, it says, they are worshiping him, but it says some still doubting whether it's really true to him. But he tells disciples, he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. He says, now that goal, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and following. 
This is the same commission that same commission he gave them. He has given to us. We need to go make disciples of all nations, all races, all cultures, all ethnic groups. Okay, go and make sign, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's this is our commission. The same way he commissioned them, he's commissioned that same commission goes to us, baptizing, making disciple, making disciples so that they can have everlasting life like we do. And those ways at the end, I'm with you always. So you're not going by yourself. God says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, in the end of the world. He says, I am with you. God is with you when we're doing this. When we share enough and know that God is with us and we're being led by the Holy Spirit to present the gospel to people. People are thirsty. They're thirsty and they need to hear. They need this living water that we have, that you've been given, that I've been given. They need this living water. And the Bible says, speak the truth in love, do it in love. But like I said, allow the Holy Spirit to live. And most important, as we just talked about, live this life. Live this life that Jesus has commanded to us and share the gospel. The next scripture I want to talk is the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. And it says here, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, "The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know." He says, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria." And to the ends of the earth. So we see here in this scripture, the disciples concerned about, they was concerned about Jesus restoring their people, Israel, the nation of Israel, getting them out of bondage because at that particular time they were under the authority of the Roman Empire. And so we see here the apostles are concerned about that. But Jesus says, Hey, um, I don't have the authority, I don't know nothing about those dates. He said, you don't even know. He says, those dates alone have been set, but I have no knowledge of them. And you won't know. But he says, but he commands them, after the Holy Spirit comes, you will be witnesses. This is what we are called to do, be witnesses. Be a witness for Jesus. Be a witness for Jesus. Telling people everywhere. Telling people everywhere. It says here in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. Remember, in this particular, Jesus went through Samaria. He didn't avoid it. He went everywhere. It says to the end of the earth. So God has called us to reach people on every continent, you know, no matter in every lifestyle, no matter whether it's the celebrities, God wants wherever God can use you. All we we need to do is be available for God to use us and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. So be ready for God to use you and speak through you. But we are to be witnesses. I challenge you to be witnesses for Jesus. 
to be the example to show people that they need a savior. This is what God challenges us to do. And so we see here in the next verse here, I want to uh, speak on tonight is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. And it says, it says, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil, utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Notice it said keep yourself pure. Notice it didn't say keep yourself perfect. Okay, because that's impossible. But keep yourself pure. Live a pure, live a holy and life. Okay, pure is like, you know what? Don't allow yourself to be contaminated by the behaviors and the the um, worldly philosophies of this world. Okay, don't allow yourself to be contaminated. Keep yourself pure. How do you do that? By staying and meditating in the Word of God, and do what the Word of God says. It says, "Cause so you will be a special utensil for honorable use." So God want to be able to use you. Okay, He want to be able to use us. And if we don't remain, keep ourselves pure, then he can't use us in the way that he would like for us to use the, and to be, for us to be as effective as he wants us to be. So it's important. He said, your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you in every good work. So God wants to be able to use us in every good work. So the question I need to ask you that, can God use you? He wants to use you. And it, and it no, it's his goal to use you but are you positioning yourself where God can use you? Well, you may be saying, well, okay, I'm not there right now. And that's okay. That's okay if you're not there. But I'm challenging you tonight to begin to move toward that. Was we'll say, you know what? God, I want God to be able to use me to help people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal say, God wants to use you. We are God's mouthpiece now. We are his hands. We are his feet. He wants to be able, he wants to use us. So people, because sometimes the only, only Jesus people are going to see is through you. And so you, so it's important. He makes it here. Second Timothy, Timothy, Paul makes the point is that you keep yourself pure. Okay. Not perfect, but pure. Okay. So that you can be used by the master for every good work. God wants to use. Yes. I want to say you, God wants to use you. Because sometimes I feel like I'm speaking to somebody. You may think, well, God can't use me because of my past or what I did. Or maybe you're doing something right now. Well, he loves you. Okay. And you can change all that. He loves you. Change it. Even right now in the midst of your things, even your past. I know your past may be bad. But you know what? Everybody has been delivered from something. Or maybe you think that your past is so bad that you can't. Minister to people. Actually, you are the prime. You are the perfect candidate for God to use. Okay. I've heard it saying there's nobody working for Jesus qualified enough to work for him. Jesus, you don't get qualified 
to work for Jesus. Jesus qualifies us. And how does he does that? Through the shed, he shed his blood on for us. And all you got to do to receive this righteousness that he made available to us, receive his forgiveness, and he qualifies us. Because the call don't become qualified. Jesus qualifies the call. Okay, so that's why. You, so stop beating yourself up. Um, stop worrying about what everybody say. Yeah, everybody knows your past because everybody has one. But all you have to do is tell me, you know what? This is what I used to do. Yeah, I did do that. But God has changed me. God has delivered me. God has set me free. And this is who I am now. My identity has been changed by Jesus Christ because of what the scripture says. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old thing in the past way, hold on, can come new. And what part of you was made new? Your spirit. And as you transform your mind, okay, here begin, you see transformation on the outside in your life. But he tells us, I want to be able to use you, but you got to keep yourself pure so that you can be effective for the math to use. And the last scripture tonight, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. It says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Mm, that's good. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is our example, and you must follow his steps. So God called you to do good. He didn't call us to live a life of mediocrity. He didn't call us to live a life of just getting by. Well, you know, you may be saying, well, I'm saved. I'm on my way to having good. No, he didn't call, but he called us to do good. And he said, if that means, and even if that means suffering, because we, in this particular thing, Peter writing to this church, um, they were going through a lot of persecution for being a believer. And sometimes, I'm going to let you know, when you choose to live a life for Jesus, when you share this gospel, you're going to be persecuted. People are not going to like you just for his name's sake, not because you remember, but Jesus says, I call you, even if it means suffering, he says, I call you to do good. So even in the midst of you suffering persecution and being criticized and calling names or being, you know, because you may... Um, I've received persecution for sharing the gospel. You know, people don't like you sometimes because you share the gospel. But you said Jesus suffered just like you did. So we're not experiencing anything more than what Jesus did. You're not experiencing anything other than what Jesus did. He suffered for, and if Jesus was perfect and suffered, we know we're going to experience some suffering. Okay, you're not going to be excluded from that. He says he was the example, so we must follow his steps. So Jesus is our example. If you want to know how to live life, follow the example of you. Read the Gospels, and that will teach you how Jesus lived his life. He, that's he lived his life. He lived his life pure, and we know he was perfect. But like I said, we would never be perfect, but you can live a life that's pleading to God and people see the light as we talk about, they see that you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. 
people will see. And when you miss the mark, you know, you know what they say? Okay, you fall down, get back up. It's okay. It's okay. But be the light that God calls it. Share the gospel with people. Be that salt. Pure. Live that pure life that we talk about here. So you'll be able to be a witness as we talk about in the Acts. Go around being a witness, telling people everywhere about Jesus. Why? Because, as I said, they're like, people are thirsty. Our world is thirsty for the word of God. And so just don't leave it up to us as preachers, you know, and teachers of the God who have been called to this position. Don't just leave it up to us. I challenge you. Don't just leave it up to us. No, no matter whether you're a layman, doesn't matter what position you hold. You don't have to be a preacher or bishop or elder or teacher or whatever. No, God says all of us need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody. We, you know, the more people that are doing it, the more people God can reach. The more you make yourself available for God to use you, the more people God can reach. And this is what he wants. Because the Bible says that God don't want nobody to be lost. And we should have that same mentality. When we look at the world, we shouldn't want nobody to be lost. Now, everybody's not going to receive this gospel. You know that. We know that. If you didn't know that, I'm saying everybody's not going to receive what we're offering them. But as I said before, you're, you can't, we're not, God's not asking us to control the response, the reaction to this information being shared. But he does hold us responsible for sharing it. So I challenge you tonight to, sh to share the gospel to people. Be a light in this world that people can see Jesus through you. Let me pray for you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that everywhere that's been spoken tonight, I thank you that it's fallen on good ground. Thank you for those who are receiving it right now. I thank you, God, for giving them the desire and the passion to share the gospel to a dying world who needs to hear that you are the Savior of the world, that you died for their sins. And I pray to God that you continue to give them that passion, that desire as you lead them to share the gospel people around them that they may know you because God we know that people are thirsty for your word and God you've called us to carry the message to a thirsty world that needs a savior I pray for everyone on the side of my voice God that they will take hold of this message and God take it out aside their four walls whether it be the church or whether it be their homes and allow you to lead to minister those who need to hear about this awesome, amazing grace that you have given us through what your son purchased on the cross. I give you glory, honor, and praise. And I pray for those. If you're not, I pray for those. If you're not saved tonight, I pray right now that you would just say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose. And I believe that you are the savior of the world. 
and I receive you as my Savior in Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer, you're saved. And I pray that you will get into a Bible-believing church at Grace and Faith Share. We welcome you. We welcome you to reach out to us. We do have our Bible studies on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. We welcome you to come, whether it be on in person. We would like to see you in person, whether it be on Zoom. We do have Zoom. You can Zoom from your home, whatever case may be, to participate in our Bible studies. Okay, and so, but we would love to see you in person. And we just thank you once again tonight for being with us. Thank you for allowing us to come into your homes, whether it be through your devices or whatever, through your devices, to share the word of God with you. And we'll see you again next week, starting a new series. And we may God bless you the rest of your day. And we thank you. Bye-bye.